Well, hello and welcome to episode 31 of Cage Fight. <laughs> Shit, 31. Um, Wait, you, really? It's episode 31? Yes. That seems holy shit. crazy to me mm-hmm. we've been at this for <laughs> a, a long nod. freaking time now and uh you know taylor i think you're coming up on being on more episodes than you weren't on so almost because i started on episode 17 so yeah yeah uh so as usual i'm jess i'm mike uh, i'm taylor <laughs> i'm the baddest bitch in this room <laughs> and uh yeah we, we have, have a, a super special guest comedian and uh a fucking joke extraordinaire uh dana (laughs) airman how's it going well i was gonna call myself the baddest bitch in the room but then i found out that i was not that (laughs) yeah i mean it's i think it's still okay to be the second baddest bitch in the room uh to whoever yeah yeah i mean being in the top five even is, is 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 good there's a lot of bad bitches these days so Okay. It's good to I mean, know there's in a room, people in the room. But. In a room of four people, I'm at least in the top five bad bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Granted, though, Jess, if if Dave was here, I mean, sad, sad to say, he's not. Uh, yes, Dave is not here. Everyone. Well, Dave, uh, Dave is more of uh, the sad bitches category. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he's, like, he's, he, he, he's an emo sad boy. Okay. Yeah. Oh wait, that was the wrong one. Let's do it. Damn it. No. There we go. It's like he's here. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> there we go. What? I mean, what? he's effectively what? here, so. Yeah. Um But yeah, uh we in his absence, I am running the soundboard here, so you'll get to hear me do funny things like uh that and Oh shit, I played the wrong one. I don't know this soundboard. <laughs> this is going great. Swimmingly. It's going so well, dude. <laughs> but uh, we're here today to talk to you about the movies Birdie and Returning Champion next. Hell yeah. Returning from the, I think, first matchup. The very first uh, matchup that we did, yeah, all the way back on episode two. So, uh, oh shit. Good to see this thing. Come what out did again. it face back then? Uh, Bangkok Dangerous. Okay, sure, sure. Uh, and it, you know, it just narrowly came through. Um, I can only uh, imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, we were bribed uh, with like five hundred thousand bot to uh, to eliminate <laughs> Bangkok Dangerous. So there were some uh, powerful uh, interests from Bangkok that didn't want it to get out there that it's dangerous there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, they, I, I think uh, I think there was some hacking involved in there, wasn't there? Yeah, they actually tried to get us to watch uh, a propaganda film instead called Bangkok Safe, um, and we <laughs> flat out refused because we are not sellouts. It was a it was a propaganda film from the royal family to show how great Thailand is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, without further ado, let's just uh, launch into our discussion of Birdie. Yeah, I want to uh, spoil my thoughts too early, but probably one of the sexiest films I've ever seen. Wow, glad we're on the same page there. It's really <laughs> hot. It's a really hot movie. I agree with that. Certainly, certainly. Uh, so Birdie came out in 1984. This movie was rated R, uh, directed by Alan Parker, and written by Sandy Krupp and Jack Bear. 
Uh, this was produced by A&M Films with a runtime of 120 minutes, a budget of $12 million. And does anyone want to guess red or black on this one? Uh, I'm going to say black on this one. Say this one's in the red. There's no way this movie made a shit ton of money. <laughs> I'll say it was in the black, but barely. Uh, unfortunately, Taylor is the only one who was correct here. It made $1.4 million, uh, a little more than a tenth of its budget. So, uh, wow. not, not a good time did they have. If, 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 if you're not familiar with Nick Cage's, uh, filmography, Dana, that's way more common than it is. <laughs> that is really uh, true. Yeah. For, right now, at least, uh, I'm, I'm sure we got all the bangers coming up. So that's true. Uh, that puts <laughs> us at, yep. 22 out of 53 movies in the black. So, uh, not, not good still. <laughs> Wait, what? How many movies in the black? 22. Okay, I thought you said uh, 53 movies in the black. No, uh, 53 total. I'm okay, sorry. that seemed... Okay. Like, uh, that That seemed impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it ha it's, yeah, definitely impossible. So, on Rotten Tomatoes, this one got an 85% from critics and an 84% from audiences, so people tend to like this. Wow. Um, Mamma Mia. Mm -hmm. Mamma Mia. No, that's, uh, that's got Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan. This is Birdie. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it, it, I get it confused because it also took place uh, in a, a Oceanside hotel that is run by Meryl Streep. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's all I have for general facts, Mike. If you want to do some trivia, uh, sure. Uh, well, there's actually one uh, piece of trivia that I'm surprised you didn't bring up, Jess, um, because I know you're such a freaking pinkhead. Uh, <laughs> the director of this movie directed the Pink Floyd The Wall movie. Um. <laughs> Oh, when he said so, pinkhead, I thought you were going to talk about the the pop star Pink. But oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that's not, well, Pink Floyd uh, was inspired by Pink. <laughs> uh, I actually didn't realize that at first. Uh, I don't think you know, about the, you know, honestly, the wall though, movie that much. But yeah, uh, honestly, though, that's where I thought Mike was going with the Pinkhead. Like I thought, I was like, oh, Pink, like the musician. Like oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Pink also got her debut as one of the birds in the movie. <laughs> um and uh so what else do i have for trivia uh then unknown danny glover was unscheduled to uh make a speech as a bit player but because he kept botching his lines his scenes uh had to be cut from the movie so we missed out on some danny glover in this shit damn and you should never miss out on danny glover never well i mean danny glover did get famous years later uh from the saw franchise um <laughs> so he got his but uh, wait, 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 wait. I, I think you're thinking of a different movie called Rage. That's where he got the majority of his fame. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, returning player, Danny Glover. Also, I have another uh, thing for the uh, checklist of weird shit that Nicolas Cage did to prepare for movies. If you're ready for that, he had two teeth removed without anesthetic for this role. What the hell? <laughs> so. Um, oh, OK. And you know what? OK, I did know that fact because I was looking up interviews. Those were apparently still baby teeth. What the fuck? Was he still yeah. a child? So apparently you can get baby teeth up until you're like, you can still like have baby teeth in your mouth until you're like in your 20s. That's that's the thing that's relatively common. Oh, I, I still have uh, baby levels of testosterone. Um, but oh, that's, sure, yeah, yeah. I'm trying I mean, to get I've there. seen you in real life. You have <laughs> definitely not hit puberty. Let me tell you. I'll get there. Um, and my last bit of trivia is that this was the first use of the sky cam in a feature film, uh, which is a camera held by wires. Um, and it was used in Birdie's dream sequence when he's like 
actually flying or whatever. So welcome, Skycam, to the world of cinema. Lovely. That's all I got. Interesting. I've any other uh, famous uses of Skycam that I might know of? Um, maybe in uh, the uh, Sky High, probably. Um, Vanilla Sky. Uh, just you know, just spitballing here because yeah. you're flying high like a butterfly. It was using the Lenny Kravitz. It's a dragonfly. <laughs> a dragonfly. L- listen, I don't listen to good music, okay? I wouldn't know all the lyrics to that song. Yeah, Lenny like Kravitz um, is way cooler than a... But- Butterflies are for the weak, and dragonflies are yeah. uh, valiant. You know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of a, co- a combo of Lenny Kravitz and Crazy Town. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, I see. That, that would actually be pretty fucking good. Lenny Town or Crazy Kravitz? Crazy Kravitz, hell yeah, let's make it happen. Crazy Kravitz. Oh, that old Crazy Kravitz. What 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 is big old Crazy Kravitz gonna do this time? Uh, what? How, where is Pants gonna split this time? What if we get? Uh, can, can we make it like Crazy Ralph from Friday Thirteenth, but make him Crazy Kravitz? Uh, can we get the Krampus in with Crazy Kravitz? Oh shit! Oh yeah, let's make it happen. I'm I'm stuffing kids in the sack like oh god yeah like a butterfly sugar baby <laughs> <laughs> okay well that was a lot this is good stuff <laughs> why is it always devolve into new metal that's what I never understand can butterfly really be said to be new metal I I don't know what you would call that okay so okay so it's, it's no, like... no 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 okay so crazy town crazy town is a new metal band there's no question about that. They're that's true. That's true. Metal I just think that song isn't very new metal. And also, the reason everything devolves into new metal is because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> I am the six degrees of new metal. That's what I am if I had a board game. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if, th- if that's all the trivia you have, uh, we might as well launch into a plot summary, I suppose, unless uh, people have some, some fun things to add. Um, no, I, I, think, I think we can just get into it, honestly. Yeah, the only thing I really have to add is that uh, I auditioned for uh, Matthew Modine's part in this movie and uh, that his character is the first furry in uh, cinema. So, true. Well, I mean, there's no birds don't have fur, but I think they're still part of the the furry pantheon. I don't really know. I feel like Uh, you can be a furry when your first Sona can be a bird, I think. I I guess it would be a feather Sona. But this was before they had like that wide variety. You couldn't shop for uh, furry costumes online oh. at this time. So it could it could be a bird sona. <laughs> oh, that's true. That sounds pretty pretty sexy. So yeah. But yeah. Anyways, with a plot summary. <laughs> uh, so we see that Cage is in a hospital with his face covered in bandages. Uh, he's apparently being released to go home, and he's like clearly wearing a military uniform with like some sergeant insignia. Uh, so it looks like, uh, you know, Cage got injured in action where we're gathering here. But uh, then cut back to the 1960s uh, and we see that Cage's little brother asks Cage to get his knife back from a guy who he says stole it. Uh, Cage tries but ends up leaving the knife with the guy who he seems to respect for having some good fighting moves. Uh, that guy, nicknamed Birdie, uh, keeps some pigeons in a cage in his backyard. Not not Nicholas Cage. Um- a cage but <laughs> yes a cage uh and and i will say though too i think we have to reiterate that nick cage is shirtless in the scene and he's looking fucking bomb he mm. looks so good 
he's absolutely glistening um, and shredded to hell. Uh, this is again in that perfect uh, cage era where he's looking like a, a goddamn Adonis. Yeah, absolutely. Just so hot, dude. I'd, I'd rest my uh, head on. Never mind. I, I won't get into it. I won't be horny on this podcast for right now. <laughs> um, and I will speak. Speaking of being horny for celebrities, when Birdie first showed up on the screen, I thought that was Crispin Glover at first. I'm like, oh, shit, Crispin Glover's in this movie. Well, I, Matthew Modine, uh, the actor who plays Birdie, is a returning cage fight player. Um, because oh, shit, really? He was the doctor in a fan favorite, Army of One. Oh, yes. Oh, shit. Are you serious? I, I yeah. That. What? <laughs> Damn. Oh, that rocks. Yeah, definitely one of the favorite ones on this on this show among these hosts. Dana, yeah. any yeah, chance you've seen Army of One? Uh, uh, I have not oh, seen Army Lord. of One. No, I have not. That's, that's uh, probably uh, good for here, your soul. Here's a, here's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is what my it's my second least favorite movie i've watched for this show it's that bad i hated that movie so much it is uh my second least favorite movie about uh trying to kill osama bin laden uh so <laughs> oh number <laughs> yeah. one being uh i mean i guess zero dark 30 is the one that comes to mind um but if there's <laughs> more i will watch them <laughs> um, oh yeah that's there's so many yeah but uh no yeah the army of one is the uh the true story of uh gary faulkner the man who thought he could uh, single-handedly take down osama bin laden and uh, birdie is his doctor so <laughs> there's uh, it, it, it comes full circle it I, gives him a I loan swear. but yeah uh but uh cage apparently just taken a liking to to birdie offers to help him catch more pigeons to put in his cage in the backyard they uh, begin going around town, like under bridges, catching pigeons and, and keeping them there. Uh, and I will say, Jess, so you said under the bridge, right? OK, are you going to go into a Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> no, reference here? Because no, I, I don't want to hear that. Say, that, was the, that was the inspiration for the Red Hot Chili Pepper song, right? <laughs> under the bridge, I saw some pigeons. Is that it? <laughs> yes. I don't ever want to feel like a pigeon, babe. <laughs> take me to the place i fly away from here <laughs> uh, so we got several mashup potentials uh going on i should release an album uh, oh, I, at this point uh, we're gonna have to uh, more singing than talking on this podcast so it's certain uh, it's points <laughs> It's if you had warned me <laughs> i would not be on the podcast <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah. That's only because I can't and, carry a tune. That's all. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the quality of oh, what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, my, my beak, my beak is much worse than my 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 peck. So there we go. I don't know. Maybe maybe. Uh... <laughs> oh, oh. Me, me. <laughs> not... damn it! That's not the one. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I woke up yesterday with that song in my head. And I haven't heard it in uh, I don't know two weeks or whenever we last rec since whenever last we recorded. I and, wake up uh, every day with that song in my head at this point. Just <laughs> in my psyche. Just... <laughs> um, but anyway, so Birdie makes pigeon suits for Cage and him, uh, thus beginning the his uh, descent into freedom. <laughs> those those first fur suits, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first the first fur suits in existence. <laughs> And uh, they put them on 
to go to a refinery late at night and uh, catch some more pigeons. So they climb up to the roof and it's dangerous. Cage is like, hey, we really shouldn't be up here. But Birdie's like, nah, it's cool. But Birdie ends up falling off, but clinging to the edge, acting like it's not very serious and saying like, I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly, Allie. I'm going to (laughs) fly. Something like that. And uh, suddenly he lets go and he lands on a pile of sand below and survives, but injured. So uh, cutting back to Cage in the present day, which I don't know when the military scenes are supposed to be taking place. Is that like, I assume Uh, it's late 70s. They're in the mid 70s because Vietnam's still going on. So probably like the mid to early 70s. Yeah. Cage sees Birdie, who is being held in a military psych hospital. And uh, apparently Birdie went MIA in Vietnam for several months and hasn't spoken since he's been found. Uh, Cage has been sent there to visit him and see if he can maybe like jog his memory and snap him out of the state he's in. Birdie is always pretty much hunched over and crouched in strange positions. He won't feed himself and has to be fed by the nurses. Uh, Cage basically figures out like, hey, Birdie is a a bird now. That's why he's crouching and perching on his bed and shit. Cage goes in there and he has to, like, change his newspaper on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Every time he tries to feed him, he's like, hey, Birdie want a cracker? Yeah. And Birdie Uh, do. Yeah, he he whistles at him. No, he doesn't actually do that. Um, Yeah, he only whistles at, like, women that walk by. Which is not many in a, like, a military psych hospital on the front, I think. Is it on the front? I don't know yes, where it is. And, 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 and that's the thing we'll learn about Birdie. He's very interested in women, clearly. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's a horn dog. It's really annoying. Yeah. It is, yeah. Really gets in yeah, the way of like, things. He's always, seeing, he's always seeing women and going, a wooga wooga, and his eyes are popping out. That's uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like the only time they can get him to talk is, like, when a freaking cartoon lady in a red dress walks by. Uh, Cut back to the 60s, and uh, after falling off of that refinery, Birdie's parents are tearing down the cage in the backyard and just burn the pieces even. It's just nothing left, nothing Well, to be fair, tearing down the cage slash aviary and tearing down Nick Cage's confidence too, right? Yeah, that too. Oh, that was a metaphor? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. In your defense... Uh, they're they're kind of trying to like hit you over the head with it, so it seems like so obvious that you can just miss it, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think I was like, could it be? No. Yeah. And then I moved on. That happens, uh, but you know that's why we're here to be, you know, true believers and experts in art. So after they destroy the aviary, there, Cage convinces Birdie to give up on the pigeons for a minute and help him restore an old car. It's like a 50s convertible. Actually looking it up, it appeared to be a 1953 Ford Sunliner, if you are if if you know what the hell that is. I didn't before Should this have been movie. a freaking Thunderbird or something. <laughs> After working on the car for a while, they get it started, and uh, Birdie reveals he's never been to the ocean. So Cage takes him there the next day, as well as like an amusement park. And, uh, like, they also go on, like, a a double date together. And uh, Birdie's acting kind of strange while they're on that double date. Uh, Chatting with a girl while Cage has sex with the other girl. That was was weird. Uh, Normal behavior. How close of friends do you have to be with someone? How close of friends do you have to be with someone? That's that's just what you did. (laughs) That's just what you did back in the day. You know, you, you went to the sock hop. 
got yourself a nice malt and just watched your friend bang a girl right in front of you. That's what, just what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody was uh, just overtly sexual back then. It's like those stories of uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney jacking off together. <laughs> but I mean, if I don't have a friend that I would have sex in front of, do I really even have any friends? That's a good point, uh, honestly. Yeah, that very is a good, good question. Point. You have to really think about what friends you're comfortable, you know, really partying in front of. Um, for me, it would be like um, one of my good friends, uh, Barack Obama. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, people like uh, Kristen Glover, stuff like that. Because Birdie's acting so strange, Birdie's date kind of storms off, annoyed that she's been stuck with Birdie. And uh, Kate, the girl Cage was going out with uh, Chase's after her. And like uh, Cage is upset. He's like, Birdie, you got to be like more sociable and less weird and birdie's like but i like being weird <laughs> you know if you if you want birdie to make a move on you you have to you know throw out some breadcrumbs for him uh, <laughs> you know, yeah a little seed you know i think we'll get into it later on because there's definitely some very uh, uh interesting moments with birdie and women but birdie is definitely an asexual icon that's for sure yeah true ace Someone just was- makes me want him more yeah. Absolutely. He's forbidden fruit, if you will. He's the only furry that doesn't have sex in the suit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't yeah, know that really for are. sure. I don't wanna I don't wanna shit on furries. Y'all y'all get shit on enough. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I mean furries furries shit on themselves for fun, dude. Do whatever. I matter. feel fine slandering whoever, so uh if yeah, you fine. if you want to say something controversial, just text it to me and I'll read it out. Exactly. <laughs> But then uh, all of a sudden, uh, Cage and Birdie are getting arrested. So uh, while they're in jail, uh, Cage's parents pick them up. And um, his dad is like absolutely pissed, like slaps Cage around and is just all around like an abusive ass. Apparently, he reported that car as stolen uh, because he had registered it in his name, even though the Cage and Birdie are the ones who paid for it and uh, fixed it up. So shitty dad is the dad on seinfeld you know who i'm talking about oh. i think the dad is on seinfeld and he's like the the friend of yeah he's Mary's like dad yeah he's like one of the guys who lives in their uh like retirement complex yeah in florida um, and he's talking about the cadillac yeah and the the upside down pen and all that good stuff yeah, so he's uh, always been fixated on cars. Yes, you are correct. He is. Uh, he is the character Jack. Jack Klompus. Yes. Jack Klompus. Yes. It's funny that like this is his appearance on Seinfeld is only like ten years after this, but he looks like thirty years older. <laughs> I mean, it made me question if it was really him because the difference was so stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they either did a really good job of making him look like a senior, or he did not age well. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe both. I I think he just didn't age well. Like like no white people really ever do if you think about it. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. I'm fucking gorgeous. That's more true. Every, more so every year. You look I mean, just you're, like you're you did a... in seventh grade, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope so. That's true. You know you know Mike. You don't look a day over fourteen. You're looking good. <laughs> Br- Brian Singer follows you on Twitter for for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta stop posting all those shirtless pictures, my dude. Hey, it, it get, if it gets me Brian Singer's attention, I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. 
He said he's going to put me in the next X-Men. Yeah. You're, you're going to be Wolverine in the new X-Men. Yeah, I'm, I'm the new Wolverine. Um, they're going to, they, they said they would let me wear a shirt the whole time. So. <laughs> but anyway, so Cage's dad ends up selling the car also. And, uh, Birdie confronts him about it, like getting in a screaming match, saying, like, it wasn't your car to sell. And uh, his dad ends up, like, relenting all pissed and is like, here, take the fucking money from the sale. And he's like, no, not taking that on principle. It wasn't yours. And uh, storms out. Back to the present day. Um, Cage is getting really frustrated with Birdie. Uh, realizing he's acting like a bird, yeah. And Cage is also having, like, PTSD nightmares and being questioned by hospital staff himself. So, like, the hospital staff is getting pissed also that he isn't getting through to Birdie more quickly. He's about to be sent away by the military doctors, but he comes up with a plan to jog Birdie's memory by getting an old lady they live near to send them all the baseballs that they would lose in their yard as kids. No, that that, that, that was Birdie's parents. That was Birdie's mom. Oh, it was Birdie's mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Given that uh, this movie shows a lot of their life as kids, and this is a thing that's supposed to jog uh, his memory, you'd think we would have seen those baseballs, like, at all, but not once in the entire movie. (laughs) Did that ever happen? Like, did did they play baseball at all? Um, Yeah, they did. This is at the beginning. Yeah, at the very beginning scene when Nick Cage and Birdie first meet. And also, uh, being a soldier in war is kind of like baseball. You know, it's it's all a game, you know? Oh, yeah, Yeah, that's true. See, I was thinking, you know, if you want to jog Birdie's memory and kind of, you know, bring him back to his old self, maybe don't send baseballs. Like, maybe get a goddamn bird in there. Yeah. Yeah, get a pigeon. (laughs) See what happens. Like, good God. Like, things he actually has memories of. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point really likes they i think they're just scared that he's uh so deep into birddom now um that they don't want to entice him uh to to go deeper so back to the 60s uh birdie gets two pet canaries and he builds an aviary in his bedroom to keep them in uh his parents are concerned that he doesn't have more practical interests and he seems to overall being kind of just just be withdrawing from the world he builds a pair of wings to fly and uh, Cage helps him test them out by giving him speed by having him sit on the front of a bike until he like jumps off a like a mountain of garbage. I uh, were they on like a they must have been on a landfill, but weird little. Yeah, they're on a landfill. Yeah. <laughs> well, also in, in that scene, I think there there's something that needs to uh, be remembered. He almost drowns when he falls into like there's like a giant like puddle or something in the, the dump. Yeah, a pool of garbage water. But, uh, I'm surprised he didn't get tetanus, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like Ebola. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't E-coli. get tetanus from that shit. Something. Yeah. E. coli, yeah. Ebola. Ebola and E. coli. Ebola, yeah. yeah e- <laughs> Ebola, yeah. We also get some like monologue scenes from Birdie randomly, which is weird because there hasn't been like a monologue at all the rest of the movie. Or, you know, like an overdub monologue over the scenes where he's saying like, all I want to do anymore is just watch the birds. But... uh while giving a presentation on birds in his biology class, he catches the eye of a girl named Doris, who then asks him to go to the prom. Uh, while there, he dances, like, really awkwardly with her, and eventually just kind of walks away to go talk to his dad, who works at the school as a janitor. After the dance, Doris drives him to a secluded spot and uh, tries to have sex with him, but he's real awkward about it, and it makes Doris self-conscious. 
Yeah, uh, he doesn't know uh, how to find the cloaca. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. You know, you know, honestly, that that whole scene was hilarious because I'm like, he's not going to do anything, is he? But then he's just like, you know, I, I, I like your tits and everything, but like, I just want to be a bird. OK, like, it's, just, <laughs> it's yeah. just such an awkward scene, but it's so funny. I love I love that scene. Today. The only breasts I'm interested in are chicken breasts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were all thinking it and you said it. <laughs> I wish I was thinking it. The only breasts I want are real you know, just just move on. I don't... Are you saying chicken breasts aren't real? I'm happy to move on. <laughs> uh, so after Doris drops Birdie off at home, uh, he strips naked and gets in his aviary to lay down and be with the birds. Um, he says in one of those monologues again that he's in a dream that is as real to him as reality. And he wishes he could die and be born again as a bird. And... You know, honestly, I think the monologue here is that I feel like that was added after the first cut of the movie. They probably showed it to audiences and they're like, I don't understand what's going on here. Either that or they don't have like faith in their audience. But basically, he's just saying, like, I want to be a bird. And if you just watch this movie closely, you're like, that dude wants to be a bird. You don't need to be told it. I don't know. That's all. Yeah, I wasn't like on the fence about whether or not I thought he wanted to be a bird. Like it was, it was pretty crystal clear. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that character's name is Birdie. He has a first. He has a bird suit, not a fur suit, a bird suit. He's got like fake wings. He has like a a, like a a proto drone that he flies around in in class at one point. Um, and he just talks about how much he wants to be a bird. I don't think it's that clear. I think it needs to be a little bit more like blatant in your face. Yeah. I'm glad they had that scene in there. So the next day, Cage comes over and he finds Birdie naked in his aviary. And he's like, oh, ho, so you you slept with Doris last night and you, you never got dressed again. You were like too out of it or something. But Birdie slowly reveals like, no, nah, I'm just... You know, I'm I'm just having dreams of flying around it as a bird, and like, uh, that's kind of the reality I'm living in at this moment. And Cage is like, Birdie, like, cut the shit out. Uh, and he just walks out, and uh, we kind of flash forward and see him signing up for the arty, the arty, the <laughs> army. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of Birdie's canaries ends up killing itself by flying into a window. Uh, Birdie is dejected, and um, I think maybe that's what made him join the army. He's like, well, I don't have my birds anymore. I'm going to go fucking kill people in a foreign country to <laughs> I, I, advance yeah. capitalism. Yeah. Uh, I, I have nothing to live for. I might as well commit war crimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, he was drafted, right? <laughs> oh, he might have been, no, yeah. I think he, I, I, no, I think he joined voluntarily. I don't, I don't remember him getting draft papers. or. Anything. I mean, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, but. I guess we don't know for sure. He could have been drafted. Both of them could have been drafted. But I had the impression that Cage signed up voluntarily and Birdie was drafted. Okay, you know what? That that tracks because Birdie doesn't strike me as the type of guy who would want to go to war. Yeah, he's, no. he's a flyer, not a fighter. Um, <laughs> exactly. He's all flight and no fight, basically. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. I was going to make that joke, but thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> oh, I worked on this wire. story for a year and you just tweeted it out. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we do see, like, flashing forward that Cage was injured in an explosion that killed, like, his whole squad. And, yeah, it's uh, pretty funny. 
<laughs> and uh, Birdie was in a helicopter crash, uh, after which he just kind of ran off into the jungle screaming. And uh, then we see in, like, the present, Cage is just getting absolutely pissed at Birdie for not responding. He's like, uh, Birdie, fucking say something. And then in in response, like, Birdie gives him an eyes that say... There we go. Use that. <laughs> the baseballs arrive and they don't seem to snap Birdie out of it. And the doctors decide they're going to send Cage away. Like, you've done all you can do and we don't want you around anymore. So eventually Cage rushes back into Birdie's room and just ends up holding him while Birdie cries. And he's crying and he's saying, like, I'm staying. I'm going to hide out here away from the war with you, away from the world. And I'm just going to go crazy. Like, I'll throw shit at the walls and do whatever I want. He said that, not me. The throwing shit at the walls. I remember that clearly. <laughs> and then Birdie finally speaks, saying to Cage, like, you're full of shit. But when the doctors come in, uh, he stops speaking. And uh, the doctors are going to take Cage away because, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you're saying he's talking. Ooh, I think you're going crazy, too. So uh, Cage gets, like, belligerent, tosses the doctors and the orderlies around, and he runs yeah, up to... And oh. You, you have to do... You have, you have to, like, admit, it is a very, like, John Wick-level choreographed, like, fucking fight scene going on between the Cage and the orderlies. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, after how long in the movie it just becomes an action film yeah oh yeah essentially finally in yeah, the last it, 10 minutes we get explosions and fist fights i mean it's it's teasing it the whole time if you're kind of reading between the lines um but i i could see it being a surprise to some uh you know non-buffs yeah <laughs> well that is i was not reading between the lines <laughs> so you got oh, me there well, man not to throw shade but uh again <laughs> we are you were putting uh, down we are experts in art here, so. Yeah. yeah, and using my expertise, I don't read between the lines. That's just space. Like, the lines <laughs> are where the writing is. Duh. No. So, uh, he, he runs with Birdie up to the roof, and while up there, Birdie jumps down, and uh, Cage is like, No, Birdie, you fucking, you killed yourself thinking you could fly. But, like, he looks over, and there's just another smaller roof, and uh, Birdie looks up, and he's like, What? Why, why, why are you worried? And uh, wait, I'm, I'm sorry, Jess. What? I'm sorry, Jess. What does he say? Wait, why are you worried? Well, no, he says what? I believe <laughs> that's it. What? Oh fuck! Say again? What? <laughs> what? There we go. Yeah! My, my, yeah. Birdie just says what? There we go. Okay, I, I'm failing on my soundboard duties. I'm sorry. I'm not as good at this as Dave okay. is. And 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 you know what? I, I will say, Jess. Is that your plot synopsis? Uh, yes, that's the whole summary. Okay, so I want to say a few things right off the bat. The ending, I was a little bit pissed off at the ending at first because of how anticlimactic it was, but it's honestly brilliant, and, I'll ex and I want to explain why. It's, fuck it's a fucking brilliant ending. I love it. Because I'm sure you're aware of the rule of threes, right? Yes. So that, <laughs> that was the third time Birdie did that, one off the, the refinery and then in the junkyard, and he, he almost dies both of those times. Mm-hmm. So right. you think on the third time he's actually going to die, and then it's like nothing happens. It's like, oh wait, what? <laughs> the movie's fucking over. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Well, they're not in California, so they don't have the three strikes thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> I did. Um, um, I I did like that ending actually. I thought it was pretty funny uh, when he just looks up and says, "What?" It's it's like I don't know. <laughs> it really subverts yeah! uh, the, the audience's um, expectations, which 
Uh, my oh, expectation yeah. uh, was either he's going to die or he's going to fuck some birds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> um, or he was just going to turn to R. Kelly. But it subverted oh, my yeah. expectations because I expected a good ending. And then, you know, what? <laughs> I will say, though, I think I think it's a fantastic ending. And I, I will disagree <laughs> with with you. And we, we can fight now. I won't fight it out. Um, oh, and yeah. I, I also do want to mention something you forgot to mention, Jess. There's a scene uh, where Birdie and Nick Cage and uh, like a dog catcher are going around catching dogs so they can bring them to a fucking dog food factory. <laughs> I did leave that yes. out because yes. it didn't seem very consequential <laughs> to the plot. But yeah, that one. That, <laughs> that, that scene fucked me up. That was like, wait, no, no, please. And I'm glad they didn't go in that direction. Cause like, I, I don't want to see dogs get chopped up. We turn into dog food. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Well, they, they, uh, they had a change of heart and they freed the dogs. So who let well, the thanks. dogs out, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm so glad they pretty. decided not to go that route. Cause I'm like, oh no, please, please. Cause I mean, you do see animals die in this movie. So I assume yeah. going to happen. And if you watch the credits, um, they actually did kill animals for this movie. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's uh, it, the same guy who directed this movie directed uh, Cannibal Holocaust, right? Makes yes. Sense. Yep. But yeah. Um, what's everybody's overall thoughts on this and not just the ending? Um, you know, um, probably one of the better movies of the century. Um, and this is kind of, this is why I have an Amazon Prime subscription. So thank you, Daddy Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> um you're you're doing great um oh wait mike you had you watched this on amazon prime yes i did see for me i watched it on a website i had never heard of called tubi oh and it was free and it yeah. had ads and that's <laughs> when i knew i was in for it was right at the beginning when i was like oh god they're having me watch a movie i don't even have to pay for <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, uh, Tubi is uh, kind of leading the charge as far as uh, uh, free content with ads right now. Um, so shout out to Tubi TV. I didn't realize it was on there. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, sometimes you just want to watch it with an extra 35 minutes of Clorox ads. So is it? Uh, I, I understand that urge. Yeah. Is it uh, Tubi TV or not Tubi TV? No, oh, come hey, on. Hey. Hey. Uh -huh. <laughs> Gotta have the Bravo, uh, the nice little pun in there. Um, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah. Um, but but I, I I honestly did like this movie a lot. Um, I think it was a little bit too long, and there were a couple scenes I don't really think were all that important. Uh, but overall, I think it's a it's a good like coming of age slash war movie. And honestly, the war scenes are actually pretty fucking horrifying. I think they did a really good job of portraying the horror of, of war a little bit in those short little scenes. Um, well, as we like to say on this show, war is hell. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> they did it better than, they did it better than wind talkers. That's for goddamn sure. Um, uh, but no, I like this movie. I, I, I think it's good. It's, it is a little bit too weird and I'm kind of surprised this movie did have like a big like opening or it did have like a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they did try to make this movie into a blockbuster for a little bit, but I just, I don't see it. It's a weird-ass movie. I'm surprised this movie got it any more than a couple screens open at a time. Uh, Maybe it totally didn't. agree. That's... Like, I... Oh. It had a $12 million budget in, what, 84? Like, that's that was a big budget. Substantial, yeah. 
That was. And and also, fun fact, this movie won uh, the uh, Grand Prix at the Cannes Film Festival that year. So what? It was the second best... It was the second best movie of 1984 whenever this movie came out by the Cannes Film Festival. God, this Damn. just gets crazier and crazier. I I, I, I can't yeah. agree. I, I was not a fan yeah. of this movie. Yeah. And then I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes scores, as you mentioned uh, earlier in the discussion, and I was just like, am I high? Like, I couldn't believe <laughs> the scores were the way that they were. I just think, I agree, it's a weird-ass movie, and I agree that a lot of the scenes don't seem to fit for the plot. Yeah. Um, I just think that if you're going to do, like, a war movie and, like, the effects of war, then you don't focus as much on the birds. Yeah, maybe maybe one or the other. I don't know. It is kind of tonally all over the place. Or just a better balance. Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems to be like trying to make a statement about how hard war is on the soldiers, but uh, it doesn't really spend a lot of time covering that. It spends a lot more time uh, showing them... You know, trying to be birds and and uh, enjoying life with birds. Yeah, it's it's really weird because honestly, the the PTSD and like the the trauma of war is kind of the most important element. But the majority of the film is the coming of age portion, so it, I don't really think it works as well as it should. But I still think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how much this differs from the the source material as far as like talking about wartime stuff. I think the book actually takes place in World War II and not Vietnam, but um, I, I feel like they probably put a little more weight on on those flashbacks in the, in the source material, but kind of wanted to spend more time, you know, showing uh, Matthew Modine's little butt crack. So yes. that's true. <laughs> um, um, I I honestly do think. Oh, and by the way, another fun fact: uh, the soundtrack for this movie was by Peter Gabriel. Oh yeah, how did we not Ooh. mention that yet? <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, I did not know that. That's that's kind of awesome. I have to. Yeah, Peter Gabriel did the soundtrack apparently in one weekend, uh, recorded the whole thing. Oh, so we put a lot of effort into it. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm <kidding. laughs> And it shows. Uh, but. Hey, you know what? Listen, he, he, he took a sledgehammer to the uh, fucking. <laughs> uh, to the amount of time needed to, to make a soundtrack normally. So he was like, fuck it, I'm doing it in a weekend. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle ground on this movie because uh, while I was watching it, I was like, I hate this. This sucks. This is so bad. What is this going to be over? <laughs> now we're talking. But, now we're talking. But once it ended, I looked back and I was like, you know, that was all right. It, it, it's a weird thing. I don't know how to explain it exactly. It was, I was walking I mean, away and I had La Bamba stuck in my head because they played that like five <laughs> times. And <laughs> Honestly, I think I do like this movie, but I, I think the only thing that really could have made it significantly better in my mind was just have less coming of age stuff and more horror of war stuff. I think that would have been much better. I think that yes, definitely. Agreed. Yeah, that definitely would have helped and it would have like helped you know, expand on the theme a little bit more because it's just uh, not present enough to really make a statement on that, I feel like. No, yeah. And and I also just think tightening it up just a little bit, maybe like 10 minutes, then that would have been perfect if you would have done all three of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I felt pretty much the same way as you, Jess, because like, uh, I mean, I was kind of going back and forth throughout watching the movie where I I was feeling like 
I feel like there's merit to this that I I just don't necessarily appreciate yeah. a ton. <laughs> but also, how the fuck is this st- still going right now? It's, yeah. I think. Well, it, like it's, you have to read between the lines. Is the thing. I, I know. It doesn't I, sound I, like you were doing that. See, uh, yeah, I was being bad at art, but yeah. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, I do think this is one of the uh, better uh, movies that has been made, probably, uh, after, like, uh, Heat and G-Force. But yeah, uh, I don't know. The other thing I wanted to say is some of the acting in this movie is a little hammy, uh, particularly Cage, but this is very early in Cage's career, so I feel like, um, you know, he gets better at acting as he acts more. <laughs> yeah, uh, he and uh Matthew Modine are both uh very very young in this movie um and obviously very early in the, early in their careers. Um and and they do uh you know, they get uh less sexy and better at acting eventually. So, yeah. <laughs> like that's your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> one man uh one man's opinion, but uh you know, I feel like it's a it's a a common one, so. <laughs> but uh, I'm an everyman. Uh, so that's kind of all I have to say about it. Is that what everyone has? Uh, anybody else got anything yeah. else to throw in? Yeah, that's all I got on this one, babe. Okay. Uh, Dave, you want to do a plot summary? What? What? Plot summary? What? There we go. What? It's like no. he's not even gone. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I will say in the in the absence of Dave, I will do the plot summary if that's okay. Uh, okay uh, a secondary plot summary from the co-host let's see yes. how much of this you absorbed uh, so <laughs> yeah i i wrote a i wrote a lot of notes for this so um here we go uh uh the bird uh birdie is an oompa song it's associated uh associated fad dance is now a contemporary dance throughout the western world this song was composed by accordion player Werner Thomas from Davos, Switzerland in the 1950s. The, the piece, uh, I should say the movie, is often notated in cut time and the key of C major. It begins with repeated dominant chords before moving into the main theme. Ooh, the secondary theme features like a contrasting rhythm. The, the two themes alternate. The final repetition of the main theme is often accompanied or is often played as one continuous I'm not even going to say that word because I don't even know. It just sounds so amazing. And I kind of want to show you an audio uh, clip of what I, I actually wrote a song about oh, the plot summary of this movie. Yes. Wow. Good, um, good job. So um, this, this, is the, this is the birdie song I made. <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling this is what you were talking about the way you kind of described things. But, uh, Taylor, I, I have one question, oh, Taylor. Uh, are you Polish? I, I am I am a Polak, yes. I'm <laughs> okay. very unfermentian. Uh, in the Pulaski Polka Days up in, in the Green Bay area, I actually uh, organize that every year. So, Wow, that was uh, beautiful. Absolutely. <laughs> So yes, that is my plot summary, and I think I I think I did a better job than you, Jess. Just I mean, because you're kind of a bozo and you don't do a very good job at it. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was a little bit better, and uh, it was certainly no Dave plot description, but uh, it was something like uh, yeah, because Dave is the king of it. Uh, uh, another uh, favorite Polak of mine. So. <laughs> That's true. 
Um, um, well, I do have some uh, Amazon reviews for you uh, lovers and sluts out there. <laughs> um, we're ready for that. Oh, I'm ready. I have a review from uh, Elliot S. Rubin who says, uh, you have to see this movie. One of the best movies I have ever seen. I do not understand why it was not a bigger hit in the theaters. Matthew Modine and Nick Cage were great. Wow, that's really positive. That's weird. Dude's um, seen one movie. Tragic. <laughs> uh, I have a review from Jay Horton uh, who, who says, I had never seen it. Uh, such a good movie. Really good intro to Nick Cage for younger folk who only know him for his wacky stuff. Um, <laughs> yes. I have a review from Michael Groach McCluskey, who is a top 1,000 reviewer on Amazon.com. Thank you, Daddy Bezos. You know, talk, uh, talk about good Pollocks. Uh, and Michael writes, watch it right up to the end. Um, and he says, one of my wife's favorite films, out of print, but certainly not out of mind. An excellent film that has an ending that'll keep you feeling good the rest of the week, if not longer. Buy it. Nicholas Cage's finest movie that you have never heard of. Matthew Bodine is excellent. And, <laughs> and my wife reminds me to tell the ladies, naked. Uh, a seemingly unforgettable fan favorite that has lapsed into obscurity. Sad. Um, so this is, this is Donald Trump talking yeah, about. Yeah. Is that Donald Trump Tremendous. I, when you started that, you said one of my wives, and I was like, "Wait, is this a, a polygamist or <laughs> like a Mormon?" Um, uh, it could be. Um, unless Warren Jeffs. Yeah. yeah, a real Warren Jeffs situation, exactly. Oh my uh, I have a review from Joshua Lutz who says, "Meh, it shows that movies are ever evolving; that we need to be more satisfied than before." I saw this years ago, and once again this year, to my dismay. It was boring. I think it's our culture now. We're given everything immediately when we want it. If it's not the best movie we've ever seen, it's a snooze fest. Modine is great. Lots of cursing. Strange yeah, writing. I, Hold on. My pseudonym is Joshua Lutz, so. Um, but yeah, basically, um, the only uh, reason you would not like this movie. Um, is if you're part of our, you know, instant gratification uh, millennial culture. Um, Listen, if, if, you, if you like phones, you wouldn't, you don't like this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody's all about iPhone and hot chip these days uh, instead of watching a good movie. <laughs> I, I like how he says, I didn't like this either. So he, this person is just like, you know, like, I, I didn't like this movie, but I think that's more a problem with our society than it is with the movie or me. You know, <laughs> it takes a smarter person to like this movie, and that person is not me. Yeah. You know, listen, any any movie fan, any movie fan born after 1993 only knows a few things. One, be trans. The other, eat hot chips and not like Birdie and lie. <laughs> <laughs> it all adds up. Um, I have a review from uh, Edwin Dauenhauer who says, uh, don't know, gift for Xmas. Three stars. <laughs> <laughs> Ah! Another lovely um, uh, person who doesn't know how good it is, uh, but feels the need to review it. Um, uh, and if you can't tell, it was a struggle to find like any reviews for this movie. Um, <laughs> so my apologies for that. My last uh, 
review comes from, I think, a Family Guy character. His name is Mort Goldman. Uh, <laughs> says, um, this movie was so awful, it prompted me to write my first review. The DVD is now a beer coaster. I would give it zero stars if I could. That is not what I thought he was going to say, though. I thought he was going to say, this movie was so bad, it made me hurt myself. You know, Dana, (laughs) I'm just curious, why are you talking about yourself in the third person? Because you clearly wrote that review. I did. I did. with these reviews, Dana. Um, (laughs) I don't know how many Amazon accounts you do have, but uh, quite impressive. Well, it's just a hobby. Just well, I, I, I believe we found the elusive Amazon customer, right, Dana? That's you? <laughs> that, that would be me. It's just one of us. Well, that's all I have for this um, beautiful film. But I can assure you that the reviews for Next were a little bit spicier. Ah, uh, okay. I don't know. Well, I don't want to get hopes up too high, but they're better than that. So, yeah. Well, uh, if that's all you have for Amazon reviews, and I think that's all we've got for Birdie just now, we're going to take a short little break, and then we'll be back with Next. Next. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We're here now to talk to you about Next, the returning champion from all the way back in episode two and the very first matchup that we ever did on this podcast. The first champion ever. Yeah, the very first champion. You know, if you think about it, we are the champions. (laughs) Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Here we are. You know what? Okay, here's a subversion here, because I always make the lowbrow references. You guys always make the highbrow references. I was making a Queen reference. You made a Little Wayne and and we need to talk about Kevin Rudolph reference. I, okay. That actually happened to me last week. Somebody like referenced the Queen song, and the first thing that came to my mind was the fucking Fred <laughs> Durst song. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> my my brain is truly rotted from this podcast, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> I also have brain rot yeah, from this yeah, podcast. From this podcast. <laughs> and I, I was yeah. gonna say, I was gonna say, Dana, if you ever listen to any Cage Fight content, make sure it's Fred Durst Friday. Make sure it's Fred Durst Friday. <laughs> it's a combination I, I of. Would, uh, I wouldn't do anything else. Um, yeah, the main uh, feed is trash. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, getting into the movie next. Uh, if you don't remember any of these facts, then how could you possibly forget? Uh, this movie came out in 2007, was rated R, was directed by Lee Tamahori. This was produced by several studios, including Saturn Films. Uh, Hell yeah. lovely to see. Uh, runtime of 96 minutes, a budget of $70 million, and a box office gross of $76.1 million. That means this Ooh. one has just barely made its budget back. But uh, as we learned from... You know, Rodney in uh, episode 29, it probably still lost money on the marketing budget. So, like, uh, you know what? We we counted as in the black anyways, just because. Hell yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has got 28% from critics and 53% from audiences. So uh, critics, not fans, audiences, you know, they're about 50-50. Yeah, they're like, you know what? This movie, it's fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. It's cool. That's that's all of those fun little facts there. I think 
Mike, you said you had something you wanted to talk about in place of the trivia this time, since we uh, uh, already yeah, we, did we've trivia. already uh, covered the the trivia uh, and about how this is uh, based on a story by Philip K. Dick, which is a funny name that sounds like Wiener. Yeah, um, very very <laughs> Wienerish. Uh, Please tell me that's what you want to so, talk about. Nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that's. I want to talk about how Philip K. Dick is kind of a funny name. Yeah. We're just here to talk about big old Schlongo. Yeah, it's like what? What is your what? Did, what was Billy J. Penis taken? You know. Uh, so I, I, you know, uh, what that makes me think. It makes me think of Billy D. Williams, which is Billy D. Penis. <laughs> Billy D. Penis, Lando Calrissian, or whatever. Uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, um, so this movie was originally uh, purchased by uh, you know a bunch of uh, rich white people, um, and they uh, they were kind of shopping the 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 idea for the movie around, and it was eventually picked up by uh, as you mentioned Saturn Films. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once it was picked up by Saturn Films, there was um, an extensive rewrite, which. Uh, they kind of chose to take it in an interesting direction. So yeah. they they basically, in the rewrite, eliminated uh, almost all of the, or completely eliminated the anti-authoritarian themes in the movie, or in the story. Though uh, Nicolas Cage's character remained a meek social outcast, he is somewhat less sympathetic. He is portrayed as arrogant, as well as far more prone to applying violent solutions. And the DHS's role was replaced with the FBI. Uh, so basically, um, uh, you know, they, they tried to lighten the uh, authoritarian uh, themes in this one. And, uh, you know, I thought I'd do a better job of explaining it, but uh, it didn't work <laughs> out that way. So, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> what, oh, what I read, the old college try, though. Yeah. What I uh, read was the original draft, apparently, the, the writers had originally optioned the, the story, The Golden Man, uh, differently. Uh, they said the original short story had a distinct tone of racist paranoia, so they wanted to change it uh, and made it a story about how the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, which I believe is only four years old at the point that this movie was made. Um, old enough for Brian Singer. Mm-hmm. No, Sorry. no, no, no! You got to be fair. <laughs> I think Brian Singer, Brian Singer goes a little older than that. I think you're thinking of Ian Watkins. Yeah, sorry, I was trying to save face with a raunchy joke, but it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I guess they were going to have the DHS be on like an obsessive search for unconventional assets for the war on terror. They were going to be depicted as completely unregulated, like insanely powerful, and just like completely ruthless, breaking laws constantly and like eager to torture and just murder civilians uh to wow. achieve whatever so, goals so they, they had gonna, they, they were gonna make this a documentary what yeah they were going to accurately depict the dhs <laughs> um, hey nothing wrong with a little good old-fashioned torture yeah yeah apparently in the original draft too like jessica beale's character liz is like going to be pregnant with cage's child and when they find out they decide Ooh. they're just gonna execute her and uh, that makes Cage what? like, yeah, like break loose <laughs> and like just determined to uh, like keep her safe. And uh, in retaliation, he blows up like the entire DHS headquarters with like a barrel of C4 that he'd seized earlier. It's okay. it's a it's a weird thing. So you know, 
I see, that's the cut of this my, uh, movie I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil my opinions too much of this movie, but that would have been an infinitely more interesting movie. <laughs> it certainly would have. Yeah. Hey, that don't, is fucking insane. Don't besmirch the good name of Frank Cadillac. Yeah. I just want to see that is the whole Frank Cadillac stage show. But yeah, I, I do too. It looked good. What if they put that whole thing in this? Yeah, if this was just like a 90 minute Netflix special of just like him doing his act. That would have been perfect. By the way, talk about a fucking porn ass name. Frank Cadillac. I mean, Jesus Christ. I can buy my two favorite things, which for some reason are Frankenstein and Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason, I thought you were going to say Frank's Red Hot Sauce or something. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that would be a little more defensible. I, I mean, Frank's Red Hot is good. <laughs> Frankenstein is fine. Um, uh, shout out to Mary Shelley, but uh, kind of fucking weird to pick that as your magician name. Yeah. Um, well, I'll give a, a real quick plot summary here. I'm, we're not going to go super in depth with this one since we did cover it already all the way back on episode two. You can go back to that uh, and listen to that if you want to hear a more in-depth thing. Although yeah, it's uh, probably good content. Yeah, it's definitely good content. <laughs> it's not like two hours, 45 minutes long of us awkwardly <laughs> getting our way through like one of the first podcasts we ever recorded. Yeah, and nothing has changed since then. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, we, I certainly haven't gotten any better at this, so. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> For a quick plot summary, Nick Cage plays Chris Johnson, a man who can see two minutes into his own future. However, anything that involves Jessica Biel allows him to see much further into the future. Because he thinks he's hot. The FBI want to catch Cage so they can use him to find a nuke being planted by terrorists that is going to blow up L.A. Cage does not want to be used for his abilities and repeatedly evades capture. Uh, during this evasion, he runs into Jessica Biel. And they end up spending a few nights together and uh, hooking up. They they do the nasty. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, God, yes. Oh, you're old enough to be my father. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> um, you want to know where they got the coffee beans? Yes. <laughs> yes, that fucking scene. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God, Frank. Tell me about your 401k. Oh. <laughs> But uh, eventually the FBI catches up with him and they manage to capture him uh, while the terrorists who are also looking to catch a cage because they know the FBI is looking for him and they want to kill him. They capture Jessica Biel and after attempting to use him a bit, the FBI reluctantly agrees to help him save Jessica Biel and using Cage's future sensing abilities, they manage to do it. However, just then Cage realizes that they are too late and the nuke goes off. But we do see suddenly that all of this was one of Cage's visions, uh, going back to the first night he spent with Jessica Biel. Uh, so he wakes up and calls the FBI agent, uh, Julianne Moore, and tells her that he'll work with them as long as Beale is kept out of it. And that's that's the whole movie there. It's a it's a very thorough movie that requires a lot of in-depth analysis, which is why it took you three hours to read that. Right, Jess? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it takes uh, a, a true um, intellectual to really get all the themes in this one. I mean, to be uh, fair, you do need to have a very IQ to understand next. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just yeah, like Rick and, and Morty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, you have to be somebody who understands the nuance of Chris Angel. Um, <laughs> you know, e- even even more smart than Rick and Morty. I think it's more analogous to Ready Player Two that just came out today. <laughs> oh fuck! Way Is to that date real? the episode. God. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, there is a sequel to Ready Player One. It's called Ready uh, Player Two, and it just came out today. Because oh great, this episode is an evergreen anymore. <laughs> this uh, was just so was just so timeless. It was. Um, and shout out to um, Ernest Klein, the author of Ready Player One, who decided that the first one was so good that we would uh, go ahead and have another. So <laughs> exactly. Absolutely needed that. <laughs> there weren't enough references to weird nerd pop culture things. Like we needed more. Hey, have you guys ever heard oh, of exactly, Journey, yeah. the band? No. Oh shit! I don't think anybody else has heard, heard of them, them? but I have because I I get that I'm smart. I, I hope Ready Player Two at least has footnotes to explain all the uh, obscure references. <laughs> it's like Infinite Chess. Have you ever heard of Transformers? <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, you ever you ever heard of Transformers? And speaking of Transformers, uh, Jess, do you have anything else to add about this? <laughs> uh, no, I mean we we could just go into our our thoughts here. Okay, uh, if you don't mind, I'll go first because I am the baddest bitch in this room, obviously. Um, Wait, I don't know. I, I thought this burn on Dana. Like <laughs> you've made your I, point. You've made your point. Yes. I just have to rub it in, obviously. But uh, but no, I, I liked this movie. I thought it was fine. Uh, and honestly, even though it, it's not a very smart movie, the, the whole like seeing in the future element was, I think, smart enough to make me think like, oh, they actually kind of thought about this movie a little bit. So, yeah. It's um, dumb fun, but it's not like it's not like completely brain dead dumb fun. OK, OK. At least for me. Uh, Dana, what are your thoughts since you're the other person who's seeing it for the first time? Or at least I believe it's the first time. It is the first time, yes. Um, so is this movie bad? Yes, of course. But is it <laughs> hella fun to watch? Absolutely. It's got all of the elements of the Nick Cage film that you want. He is shirtless in one scene. He has a love interest that you cannot even conceive of him actually being with. He does magic. Yep. Um, he beats people up. It's got everything. All the staples. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I will I do want to reiterate your point, Dana, about uh, Nick Cage in real life never ending up with a woman as hot as Jessica Biel. This, it's like my least favorite trope in movies is to have an actor who's like 20 years older than love interest. That shit bothers me so far. I hate that shit so much. It's so creepy. It's, Which gets, and it, it's egregious in this film. Like, it's been a long time. Oh, since yeah. Yeah. It's such a mismatch. And it gets worse as his career continues because, like, he's getting older and he's still being cast alongside women of the same age, if not younger. So, well, and that's mm-hmm. the thing is that he gets older and his love interests stay the same age. <laughs> exactly. All right, all right. He's all right, a real right, right. kind of um, Yeah, but I, I looked it up because I was just like, how the fuck old was she? And she was like 25 when this movie came out. Yeah, God, that makes me sad because she was younger than I am now. Yeah, I was just going to say, God, yeah, she's, she's younger, younger than, than I am now, too. So, Fuck. But yeah, this I don't know. I mean, y'all heard my thoughts on this in the second episode, but I, I actually kind of hope you didn't listen to that one. Frankly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> This movie, it's I don't know. I think this movie has a pretty cool premise that I wish was in a better movie. 
You know, like I like the the idea of like the action scenes where they, they can see into the future and use that to like pick stuff out. I think that's kind of cool. But like, I don't know. This movie is frankly very unmemorable. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's very generic. It's extremely generic. I'll say like I, I was like watching and I paused it the whole time. I was thinking like, gosh, this is a lot of lead up, like pretty soon, like the real movie will start, you know? And I realized I paused it and I had 27 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I mean, I usually have the opposite problem where I'm like, there can't be more than 15 minutes left. And I look and I'm 22 minutes into the movie. <laughs> I normally have that problem, too. But yeah, this this was unique in that regard where I was like, God, all the plot has been like really dumb so far and like <laughs> we're gonna get to the good stuff and it's and we didn't get to the good stuff no it's yeah it's a it's a kind of one of those dumb fun movies where like this is the kind of movie that i would watch on uh the usa channel on memorial day or something you yeah, know? yeah 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 like um, memorial day movie marathon yeah like i i'm not gonna you know if I'm flipping around uh, streaming services, I'm not going to be like, hey, should we watch next? But I mean, it's it has some fun to it. Um, I think the 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 biggest thing I can say is that, you know, it, it kind of put Philip K. Dick on the map. So, yeah, well, it, it made all those dickheads real uh, happy. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, dude. You know, I, I will say, though, talking about Memorial Movie Marathon, I actually thought this would be like a Veterans Day like movie marathon and they just get like former Trump admin officials to host it. <laughs> They got Rudy Giuliani hosting it or something. Enlist now. And he, now back to next. <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh, this was really like a, a weird sequel to that old MTV dating show next. Um, oh, yeah. Really yeah. Oh, yeah. This, but yeah. I was not like, I was like, oh, shit. I love that show. And then I watched this movie and I'm like, is this like an anthology series? Like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. I watched Yeah, I would career. next this guy right away. You know, honestly, the, the next next dating show is like Halloween 1 and 2, and then Halloween 3 is, is this movie, basically. It's, it's, the best, it's the best next movie. There's also a new show that just started called Next, um, which is oh, okay. not related to this, unfortunately. So don't fucking watch it. Don't give them the time of day. <laughs> Don't is that give like the, the satisfaction? Is that like the Halloween six of the next franchise? <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's uh, <laughs> it's got a new guy and he's uglier, um, and it's not gonna last. So, uh, so there are a few things in this movie that I did want to mention specifically, uh, which are just dumb little things. But there's an actual like, okay, zoom in, enhance moment like where they find like the fucking license plate for a, a car i don't know oh yeah <laughs> so, oh yeah it's a very csi moment yeah and um i don't know that that wonderful scene where he's running through all the scenarios to get jessica beale to talk to him which is you know like why it's uh excusable in this movie right that he's like 50 and she's <laughs> 25 because he can see yeah. all the future ways and uh you know work his way into her head yeah he can eliminate all the ways to be uh even more rapey yeah uh, <laughs> and, and, and pick something a little bit more conservative yes uh and the line about the fucking coffee bean like do you know what coffee bean they use here <laughs> 
That's just yeah. one is when she just said don't before he even did anything. <laughs> that that was the best one. Yes. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Honestly, would have been a more appropriate uh, romantic uh, match in this movie would have been Julianne Moore and Nick Cage. Like seriously, yeah, I thought that. Mm-hmm. Hmm? that had, they honestly sense. had more chemistry than Nick Cage, Jessica Biel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, magicians they like them young. So that's true. <laughs> But uh, one one thing I'm going to ask is, uh, do you think while they're having sex, he can foresee all the possible futures and figure out the way to, like, have the best time for both of them? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know what? You know what, Mike? You talked about uh, magicians like I'm young. He's like, my next trick is I'm going to make the age of consent disappear. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's not Brian Singer, okay? Yeah. He's... Uh... <laughs> He could be a libertarian, though. We don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, Nick Cage really does remind, like, he strikes me as a libertarian. And that, and Frank Cadillac definitely strikes me as a libertarian, let's be honest. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's really all I have to say about this. It's a, it's, it's a movie. It's certainly a thing you can turn on. It's an action movie that, like, you know, don't need to pay very close attention to it. You just uh, turn it on and turn off your brain. That's how I feel. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's a perfect movie for that. It really is. Absolutely. So, I guess, Dave, do you have, like, a summary of this one? No. Okay. No, no, Okay, no, so, no. I, <laughs> I do have, uh, no. I do Sorry, have a plot, uh, plot, plot song. I decided not what? to write something this time, because it took, like, three hours to write something last time. So I just decided to uh, bring up a short little clip here, uh, a song that I made, actually, oh, about okay. this, this movie. Um, so... Oh, <laughs> hello, like copyright a... strike. <laughs> I would love to give a special shout out to this song. Oh, yes. Uh, that, that was a song I actually wrote, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. And you got to be rolling in the dough now. It. can really get in the mind of a, of a woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, to well, be fair, so I, Taylor well, really yeah. uh, understands yeah. the mind of women. Um, and I'll t- Taylor also uh, actually fucked Pete Davidson to prepare for that song. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. So. Uh, and that, that, that's why he's so insufferable now is that he's like, after you know, like we dated and I broke up with him, he's like, I'm going to be insufferably unfunny from now on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's why. Um, and, and also, I, I will say, uh, speaking of uh, understanding the mind of women, you know the movie uh, What Women Want? That was oh, actually... Yeah, the, uh, the yeah, Mel Gibson yeah, I wrote that, uh, and I also later wrote uh, Mel Gibson's uh, anti-Semitic meltdown. <laughs> yeah, you actually, when you cast Mel Gibson in that movie, um, that was before we really knew what a piece of shit he was. But you did know, and that's why you cast him. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, all right, all right, Mel. If you get pulled over, you have to say something really anti-Semitic. <laughs> and he's like, no fucking problem. Can I throw in the N word? <laughs> and it's like, yes, yes, you can. So yes, that 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 is, that is my that is my plot synopsis and plot summary. And frankly, Jess, mine is was better than yours. Just like just like always. Oh yes, you were right. Yeah, that's really good. Um, uh, Mike, <laughs> do you have any uh, trivia for us? Or uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, plots. Amazon reviews. That's the thing. I know what this yeah. podcast is. <laughs> I do have some Amazon reviews. Um, you promised they'd be spicy. <laughs> um, I'm so I, ready, dude. 
First, I would like to say that there's a lot of people, um, you know, on the the hater end of the spectrum who were saying things like, if I could see into the future, I wouldn't watch this movie. Um, oh, clever. <laughs> but um, actually, I would like burn. to assert that if you fucking would pay attention he can only see two minutes into the future um and so the, the runtime of this movie um actually is a lot longer than that so if you could see into the future as he could um you'd probably be the to, somewhere towards the end of the opening credits so um oh, fucking wow. uh i hate to be harsh but kill yourself i um, you know what I, I didn't realize we had logic nerd ben shapiro on to explain that joke yeah, sorry. Uh, my sister's got uh, milky jugs. So <laughs> I have a review from El Holto um, who says, Great little known Nicolas Cage film. Truly awesome movie. Very unique and engaging plot. And two main females in film are very appealing. I well, love you know, Cage. when you call them females, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, how you know you respect them. <laughs> <laughs> Two main females. <laughs> oh, Doesn't pass lo- the Bechdel test, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the, the movie does. Um, um, but this oh, review uh, may be a little problematic. Um, and El Holto goes on to say, I love Nicolas Cage, so that alone makes the movie worthwhile. Not but my best we- review, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but it's so, really so, cool, and Cage's magic tricks are super cool and entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well worth watching. You, you sound smart, El Holto. <laughs> um, I have a um, uh, a review from Mishka the Amazonian, um, which I don't know if... Oh, this is a good That's one. Jess. This is a good one. That's Jess. <laughs> I'm an Amazon woman. Uh. Um, and uh, Mishka writes... It's Nicolas Cage. Need I say more? Oh, yes! there we go. Yeah, we got another soundbite for the they? soundboard. <laughs> well, it's Nicolas Cage. Why not? Please play it. Well, it's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yes! Why not? Uh, so I had to include this one. Um, and Mishka writes, I'm a Nicolas Cage diehard fan. Come on the podcast. Um, so it was only a matter of time before I would have to watch this. The premise behind the movie was solid. Cage's acting was solid, but the screenplay in the second half of the movie went south real quick. There were just too many blatant mistakes in the screenshots that were cringeworthy sprinkled through the movie. Overall, it was a solid three. I've seen much better from Cage, but in this instance, I can't really blame Cage, but blame the screenplay writers and director on this one. Reasonable entertainment for a Sunday afternoon. Now, hold up. She said she was a diehard Cage fan. Doesn't she know that was Bruce Willis? <laughs> uh, you know, you would think, but uh, it sounds like Mishka the Amazonian has had one too many on this Automatically, Sunday. Automatically, I discredit whatever she says. <laughs> um, Mishka, you're canceled. Have fun with that. Um, I have a review from M. Foster who says, what a good movie. One of Nickel... Okay, I... Okay. I just want to stop real quick and say that um, in going through reviews of this movie, I see a lot of misspellings of Nicolas Cage. Um, this one uh, is the probably the best. Is it, uh, wait, is it with a C-H? Because that's what everyone does. No, this one is N-I-C-O-L-I-S. <laughs> okay. Nicolas. One of Nicolas Cage's best movies, all around good story, Good acting, and yes, by Mr. Cage. <laughs> and yes, by Mr. Cage. 
this, this is all like one sentence separated by a bunch of commas. So I'm just trying to figure out where the emphasis is, is supposed to go. <laughs> um, Jessica Biel was great. And damn, she's a nice looking woman. <laughs> I'm sorry. We call Julian. them females. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We call them yeah. females. Sorry, they, they are females, uh, femoids, or broads. Uh, Julianne Moore was <laughs> believable. The bad guy was good as well. Mr. Smith, Thomas Kretschmann, and it was nice to see Peter Falk as Irv. Uh, I don't know what this person's saying. <laughs> um, but great review. Five stars from M. Foster. Uh, I have a review from WMG Russell. Uh, five out of five stars. If you're interested in space time. Okay, so this is WMG Russell. So Warner Music Group Russell, right? Yes. Is that Russell, Russell Simmons or is this? Uh, I, it's it's yes, one of those Russell guys. Uh, this is an excellent movie. A love for physics drives my interest in any movie dealing with space time. Oh, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Interstellar, Arrival, and the classic by H.G. Wells, The Time Machine, are some of my recommendations. Now, this is a great movie for lovers of space-time, um, <laughs> physics in general. Jess, I know you're a huge physics head, so you probably <laughs> were doing equations throughout the entire runtime of this one. Yeah, um, yeah, I was running through uh, general relativity equations about the curvature of space-time as he looks two minutes into the fucking future. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, um, it. This is another movie where it does take a certain level of intellect. Um, and, uh, you know, you can enjoy it as a, you know, low level, uh, we call them mouth breathers. Um, <laughs> but you, you really um, kind of get the full experience if you are a little bit more versed in science. So, yeah. Um, thanks to WMG Russell. Um, I have a review from Dean uh, that says fun and <laughs> action packed. And Dean writes three motivations collide and a hero underdog that surprises his opponents with a sly gift. What? He didn't watch the movie that we watched. <laughs> he, uh, his opponents were so surprised at his abilities and not like literally looking for him because of those abilities. No. <laughs> uh, well, just the way that Dean words uh, sly gift makes it seem like uh, there was something much more uh, sinister going on. Yeah, <laughs> no, really, right? Uh, or at yeah. least clever. It's not like it takes a lot of thinking to be born with an ability to see two minutes into the future. I don't know. Hey, they pulled up the thesaurus and they picked one and that was it. So, uh, I have a review from Wisp who says, get the popcorn and relax if you can. <laughs> oh, I can. Shit. I could. Would you like to know what's coming your way? This movie is a love story with the pros and cons on knowing what the next moment brings. Okay, it's not a love story. They knew each other for a few hours. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, you know, I will, too, I, I will say too, Mike. You talk about knowing, right? I yeah. think you meant to watch Knowing, not this. I, movie. I think so, um, because Knowing and this are pretty much the same. Um, except for I think his wife is dead in that one, and so we don't have uh, yeah. as much of this nonsense <laughs> yeah and knowing his wife was a dumb bitch and died in this movie I, he doesn't have a wife i don't think 
Yeah, he probably killed her. Um, I have a, a review from Kathy Price, who says the gift of prophecy. Sort out by the police to help catch a bomber. He uses his skills to help track him down. <laughs> the bomber takes his girlfriend also, where he uses his gift to be able to see into the minds and thoughts and sees every move the bomber makes. But don't they know these are supposed to be reviews and not plot summaries? <laughs> yeah, like, that's my how job. How do you feel about it? Well, see, sometimes a review, uh, it just involves explaining what happened for the uh, the uninitiated. So they can go in knowing what to expect. <laughs> just give a debrief before you get into it. But all is not easy. Because within, they have to get past the good and evil going on all around them in a world of human beings and chaos. I, I'm Thank not sure that I, I picked up on that part of the movie. <laughs> um, um, navigating well, a morally yeah. gray world. I don't, I don't know. Uh. Yeah, there wasn't any of that. It's all pretty black and white. <laughs> um, I've just a few more. I have one from uh, Run Hot who says, Cool show! Terrible you can't save to your PC's hard drive, so can't recommend buying instant videos any longer. The fuck? Um, And okay, so this next review is actually kind of a big deal for me um, because I think and I could be wrong, but this is the first repeat reviewer that I am. I'm positive. I have read one of these person's reviews on our podcast. Hell yes. Uh, I'm excited. Before you say it. Let, let, let me guess. Let me guess. Is it the person who made the really hypersexual crudes review or is it the guy who made the, the racist 9-11 review? Man, I wish it was one of them, but um, it was Saved by Grace. Oh. Um, who says, skip it. Watch out for Jessica Beale's big God D word line. Definitely not for anyone under, say, 21. Saved by Grace uh, wrote a review uh, for a previous movie. I can't remember which one, but was also uh, mad that somebody said the God D word. I do remember that. Yes, I don't recall the episode, but I do remember that. You know, Um, honestly, you're you're probably right. But this reminds me of the person who was offended by the fake Grace line in Astro Boy. Yeah, that's you know what? That might be what it was. Um, just the most innocuous criticisms of movies you've ever seen. Wow. It's ridiculous. I'm almost 28, which means I could only have seen this movie for about seven years. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're going to take the Lord's name in vain, make sure that you're at least uh, legally allowed to drink in uh, most of the uh, 50 states. I don't, I yes. don't know. Um, and make sure you're allowed and to now smoke in most of the 50 states, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, unfortunately. Rest in peace to all the 18 and 19 year olds who were able to smoke before. Yeah, but you can freaking get Obamacare and get crack as an eight year old. So that's true. Yeah. Well, I have one last review from Robert who says trash. Nothing credible about it might as well be in the science fiction genre. Oh, I'll throw hands with this guy. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. You know what? Science fiction because the physics don't add up here. Of course they don't. 
You know, Dana, I'll, I'll, I'll tag team you up on that fight. We're going to beat this guy's ass. Wait. Oh, hold- no doubt. I now, can't wait. Now, now, hold on. This person is being directly contradictory to the other person <laughs> who said that, <laughs> that we needed, uh, you know, big brain, uh, science brain in order to understand all of what's going on here. It's on the level of interstellar with its science. <laughs> and, um, and this is so, so nonsense. It might as well be science freaking fiction. (laughs) When I go to a movie, I'm looking for cold, hard facts. No fiction. I almost thought it wasn't a true story. Do I want two hours of lies beamed at my eyes? No. No. That's why I watch God's Not Dead every week. (laughs) (laughs) This person's like, you know what? I only want to watch movies about real life shit. That's why I only watch movies like Family Man. Hey, do you guys wonder how many times there was a nuclear bomb in this country and it took a hero who could see two minutes into the future to save us all, but we don't even know about it? See, that's the scary thing is that two minutes from now could be our ultimate doom, but somebody with a pretty bad wig is out there trying to stop it. (laughs) Uh, That was was all I had, so uh, I'm ready to get into a vote. Ready to get to a vote if you freaking chaps are ready? Let's do it. Uh, uh, Jess, can you do a can you do a countdown? What? Jess, uh, can can you do can you do a countdown? Jess. What? 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 No. 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 Jess. Fuck it. Let's do the countdown. No. Yeah. Okay. I'll do the countdown. Uh. All right. Three. Two, one, birdie. Next. Next. Birdie. Oh, (laughs) god damn it. The guest always fucks it up. Okay, never mind. Thank you, you, Dana, for siding with me that next is the better picture here. All right, so so I I got a little worried that this would happen because we don't have a tiebreaker. We really have to make our cases (laughs) here. I knew it! I I knew this was going to happen. I'm so excited. Oh, wait, Dave, which do you think should win? Is it next? What? Is it next? No, 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 no. Well, there we have it. That's the tiebreaker. Birdie wins. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, Birdie wins. Birdie wins. Uh, No, uh, uh, we'll have to argue this. Stop the vote. Stop the vote. Stop the count! Stop the count! No, but, uh... We have our own... You know what Justice did? She did the Brooks Brothers riot, but of this episode. (laughs) Um... Oh, my God. That's a coffee company, right? Uh, Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. My my reasoning for uh, picking Birdie over Next is that, I swear to God, 15 minutes after seeing Next, like... Everything about this movie just falls out of my brain. Like I completely forget this yeah. movie. Like I, I don't know. It it exists like ethereally and uh, just I don't know. It's, like it's, multiple so times throughout that, uh, the week, I was like, "What movies are we covering?" It's Birdie and uh, what the fuck's the other one? And I have to go look up the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd already you know, seen I, this I one. <laughs> so like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I chose Birdie. I chose Birdie because even though I feel like I had the most positive opinion of this movie, I kind of go along with Jess. Like I, Next is such a forgettable fucking movie, and that's why we need to keep watching it, baby. It's a new staple. <laughs> what are these times that will remember it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like it's just like Family Man. If we listen to it enough, it'll eventually stick in our brains forever. <laughs> Look, Birdie is gonna win the Matthew Modine bracket. 
that ain't what this podcast is. Okay. Next is a is a quintessential cage film. And out of the two, that's the one I'm watching again. See, I firmly agree. That's where I'm at. Next is the the cage movie of these two movies. And uh, I don't think you can deny that. And uh, maybe if you can see two minutes into the future, you can tell me if you pull your fucking head out of your ass. All right. And you know what, listen, just just because <laughs> just because I want to uh, improve Jess's long term memory when it comes to movies, I'm choosing next. Oh, oh God damn. OK. Oh, that's quite the shift. I'm doing it. I. I, and listen, I, I'm also choosing next because it's also, what, 30 minutes shorter? <laughs> <laughs> it is certainly shorter. Uh, and I suppose I can't be that upset because I'll forget everything about this movie. And next time I'll see it, it'll be like, I haven't seen it before. <laughs> and hey, here's it's another like, thing is that there's no line in next where Nick Cage is like, well, we're not queer together. if That's what you're thinking. <laughs> True, true. Okay, okay, to be fair, though, to be fair, though, even though Nick Cage is problematic in Birdie, Nick Cage is also very problematic in Next. <laughs> More on, like, the He's sort of rapey side. I don't know if a relationship yeah. can truly be said to be consensual if you can see into their future and uh, figure out the best way to make them be Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, but um, at least he's straight. And also, so. <laughs> yeah, and also the age difference. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to excuse Nick Cage's misogyny in Birdie, but he is also a fucking teenager. So it's like, eh. Whatever. It's it's not good, but it's like hopefully he grows out of it. But in this movie, he's like 45 and acting like this. There's no excuse for that shit. <laughs> it's next. I'm sorry. It's next. Yeah. Yeah, it's next. It's it's just gotta be next. So Well, sorry. uh I I still stand by uh I don't know. Birdie, you know, it may have failed, but it tried. That's that's uh you know? And if y'all gotta say I think you two, oh. you you three, need to learn to uh, support our troops, <laughs> and <laughs> and you know what, and, and that's the thing, it, it might have not have, all, uh, uh, learned. And you know what that's saying, Birdie, Birdie might not have ever gotten off the ground, but it did try to spread its wings. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. But uh, all I would say is, uh, Jess, maybe you would um, see the true value um, in voting for next if you had a little bit of an understanding of physics. Yeah, and you know what? And and I will say, even though I've made this joke several times and it's clearly not very funny, I'm so fucking grateful I I get to watch next next episode next. Thank you next next. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can continue making Ariana Grande jokes all the way into 2021 when we watch this again. She'll have like eight more albums out by then, and we'll still be talking yeah. about that one song. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, speaking of Ariana Grande and jokes, uh, never mind. I won't get into that. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, had to do it. Have we tried? Uh, have we tried any Ariana Venti bits? Or yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard that. Ariana Tall. To... Yeah. Well, uh, vote on Twitter. What what joke is uh, most hacky, and we'll do that one. So, <laughs> I, I think we should ask Dan Schneider's opinion on when Ariana Grande was the hottest. Oh, Ooh. I think we should lock him up. Or when <laughs> her feet were the hottest. Oh, oh yeah. Definitely, definitely <laughs> early. Definitely like the first episode of Victorious for sure. Oh, definitely like early Victorious. Well, um, I think 
You think? I think that settles it. Not to stifle the foot talk. Um, <laughs> <but> That's a <laughs> private combo. I think. Yeah. I think next uh, comes out the winner. So sorry, Jess. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Alan Parker or whoever the fuck. And sorry yeah. to um, all of our veterans who fought for this country um, and uh, became a bird because of it. Yeah, and, and I will say, uh, I, apologies to Quentin Tarantino and Dan Schneider, but we do have to put our foot down and end the review. So, yeah. uh, Dana, thanks for coming on. Uh, is there anything that you want to to plug? I, I know you have a. I didn't mention it before, but you have a podcast called Sweet Little Ladies that is a great podcast. Um, and is there anything else that you want to plug? Um, well, you know, and I'm also I'm also co-hosting right now a podcast called Welcome to Reality. We just uh, watch different reality shows and let those rot our brains and rip. Hell yeah! Oh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Nice. Love it. Love a good guilty pleasure uh, reality show. Absolutely, and we've never needed them more than we need them. Oh yeah! So have what, you, what have y'all ever reviewed order? next? Oh yeah, I was gonna say you ever reviewed next the the dating show. Oh God, I hope so. We, we we've talked about it actually. Yeah. I will make it happen. Make it a crossover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get the old gang back together. But uh, yeah, we watch it's it's stuff like that, or it's Real Housewives, or it's uh, weird shows about large religious families who don't let their kids. Upset. Yes, you're oh, talking about um, uh, my 600 pound religious life, right? You know, that's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I like it. Well, that yeah, that's awesome. So check out those podcasts, um, and I I think your uh, your Twitter is uh, air underscore head, right? Yeah, air being e h r underscore yes. head. But yeah, thank you guys for having me on. This was super fun, and I would not have watched those movies otherwise oh no absolutely it was well, it was great having you on that you were so. you're fucking awesome <laughs> oh thank you you guys are fun oh yeah thanks so much dana well uh uh what are we covering uh next time jess actually i should have talked to you about that um we um i do have uh we're next <laughs> Next time we're uh or we might be covering uh into the Spider Verse ooh, ooh. Um, versus uh Amos and Andrew yeah we'll talk about that uh I uh, I'm a bad host so yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay yeah and, and also and also is there something we can plug Jess <laughs> oh we have yes. a Patreon we do have a Patreon uh please go give us just a little bit of cash over on. Uh, um, patreon.com slash cage fight podcast and uh, you know like t- toss some uh, some money our way if we make you laugh occasionally we'd uh, appreciate it yeah or if we make you laugh never and you feel bad yeah, <laughs> <laughs> throw us some pity money yeah, if you, you know, want to do like one of those uh, one of those like sponsor sponsor an orphan like podcast like, just, like, yeah. help 48 cents a day help I'm keep sorry. the uh, <laughs> Help keep the blinking lights on on all this electronic equipment as it records. Please <laughs> do. It's like it's like they, they just show Dave's face. Like you could for thirty five cents a day, you could help save Dave. <laughs> yeah, we're actually the reason he's not here is because we're holding him in a room uh, until we make enough money to uh, like let him out. So. And, and- 
Uh, Dave, do you deserve to be let out of that room? No. Yeah, that's right. Not until we make like 20 bucks on Patreon. The sooner that you give us money, the sooner we will let Dave out of his cave. Mm-hmm. His, his, cave his cage. The Dave Out, out of his Nicholas cage. Dave yeah, cage. Nicholas cage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, that's all for the podcast, so join us next time where we'll be probably be talking about Into the Spider-Verse and Amos and Andrew. So, uh, have a good one. Uh, bye-bye.